Old powers waken, shadows stir. An age of wonder and terror will soon be upon us. An age for gods and heroes. The glass candles are burning, and you're listening to the Obsidian Knights Podcast. In today's episode of Obsidian Knights Podcast, Sansa One, I am joined by Shadowcat Bex, and we are going to do a deep dive into Sansa One. I'm so glad you could make it. Would you like to introduce yourself to the Sweet Summer family? Hi, uh, my name is Shadowcat Bex, aka Rebecca. I am one of the hosts of the Creatives Guild. I am the editor. Uh, and yeah, that's me. Awesome. So we're going to be talking about Sansa. When I first put out the call for um, guests to come on the Obsidian Nights podcast, uh, you wanted to do Sansa. Yes. Right? Yes. Well, actually, I wanted I want to do a good Stannis chapter, but you're not there yet. <laughs> Everybody wants to do Stannis. Everybody wants to do Stannis. And so when we get to a Clash of Kings, I'm gonna I'm sure I'll have you, you back on. Or so, do and, and a lot of do, other people do a melee. They all want to do Stannis. And the last man standing gets like all the good Davos chapters. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I love a good Davos chapter. So we're doing a Game of Thrones Sansa one. So everybody knows I hate Sansa. We can get that out the way. I'm not going to be doing this chapter as like a Sansa hater because I do think book Sansa is a lot more interesting than show Sansa and book Sansa whilst she's kind of worse in book one, she's way better by the time we get to Elaine Stone. So Sansa 1 is a very interesting chapter, but let's just get into the juice. So the Starks, Eddard, Sansa, Arya, and their household are traveling south to King's Landing. It's this long, grueling journey. It's thousands of miles. They are riding in a huge caravan of carts and horses and a wheelhouse. So they stop to camp throughout their journey south. And while they are on these stops, the king goes hunting. Like He goes hunting all the time. You live by the hunt. You die by the hunt. But when we last left, Ned and the girls, they were in the Barrowlands. But now they are south of the Neck, no longer in the north. They are in the Riverlands. And on this particular morning, they are preparing to leave the inn at the crossroads. There's a camp being there. Like, there's a lot going on. So the king and Ned, they're off hunting. While the camp is being broken down and packed up to ride for another day, Sansa has her breakfast with Septimordain and Lady. And Arya is nowhere to be found. And Sansa is worried. And she's not worried about, like, where is Arya? Is she safe? Like, she's pretty sure that Arya is fine. She's more worried about how Arya is going to act today. Because today... The queen has invited Sansa, Arya, and Septimordain to ride in the royal wheelhouse with herself and Marcella. So Arya, she wants no parts of this, of course, which is so Arya and Sansa. So Arya and Sansa. Um, the dynamic between the Stark sisters is as clear as the dynamic to me, like in my opinion, between Robert Baratheon and Ned Stark. They're they're complete opposites. So, and I think George sets this up in Arya 1, and she he sets it up how Arya and Sansa are just these polar opposites, like north and south. So Sansa wants to ride in the wheelhouse with the queen and wear pretty dresses and talk of songs and heroes, and Arya wants to ride horses, see all the sights, talk to the small folk, and go treasure hunting along the trident with Micah a butcher's boy and look for Rhaegar's ruby and cover herself in mud. Like they are so different. But um, one thing I found really interesting and I kind of want to talk about it is how Septimordain classifies them. So all of Arya's behaviors are considered bad. 
and all of Sansa's behaviors are considered good. And it's this quote that kind of makes me feel like that. You're a good girl, Sansa, but I do vow when it comes to that creature, you're as willful as Arya. So Sansa is considered good because she's obedient and Arya is considered bad because she's willful. Which, I guess, is the social norm in Westeros. Like, women and young girls and ladies in training, they are expected to be obedient. Do you, like, a, do, you, do you see that? Oh, oh, absolutely. 100%. Um, the one thing that I find interesting, kind of even about that statement, especially because it's so tied in with the direwolf, mm-hmm. with the lady, that, you know, it's it's almost kind of like they're they're actually is at some point a very common ground between Sansa and Arya. Like their, their exteriors, their, their interests, like kind of like the, not superficial, but, you know, they have a lot of differences, but, you know, at the same time, like they're very much the same personality wise, you know, that that's kind of like what I gravitate towards at that part of the chapter. Yeah. I do see how Sansa being willful when it comes to Lady is like, like that's how Arya is when it comes to Nymeria. But I, I, what I was well, thinking is, um, sorry, no, so you can. Okay. I was going to say, well, you know, as far as the way Septim Mordain is, you know, educating them. Yes. Like, you know, it's very much like the patriarchal social norms that we're very used to, especially in fantasy. Um, you know, so, you know, and, and, I know other people have said this. I'm pretty sure, you know, the, like Brendan B. Fish and poor Quentin say it a lot on Not a Cast. Like, you know, Sansa's almost like the indictment on, like, you know, that, that whole structure of the society at this point in the story. So, yeah, I agree. Like, you know, Septim Mordain and, and it, it's, she's helping drive a wedge between them as well. Yeah, so Septim Mordain, um, we're going to talk about her, too, because I, like, everybody knows, like, I think everybody that watches my channel or watches, listens to my podcast, they know that I don't really care for Sansa, especially a Game of Thrones Sansa. But I think a lot of how she acts is how she's been taught to act by Septim Mordain and her mother. So, like, we could say, you know, well... Arya was raised by these same people or we could Uh say well she's super young and she is super young but like when we when we're going through this chapter like a lot of people when I talk about Sansa they're like oh well she's only this this is her age she's only this old and I don't think that excuses anything that she does because Every one of these characters are young and naive and they all have this idea of the world that really isn't accurate, which um, brings me to Joffrey (laughs) and the delusion that Sansa has with Joffrey. Well, or or kind of just like continue on with like your thought, like, yeah, like you're right. Sansa doesn't, I guess like I've never like totally I love Sansa, but I also agree, like, Game of Thrones Sansa, like, she's a pill. I don't like her. I didn't like her in the show. I didn't like her the first time I read the books. Like, and and there is, so, she almost has, like, even less excuse for, like, when she messes up. Um, because, yeah. like, in a way, like, you you think that she would know better, but... It's also as, like, time goes on, it's, like, how, like, ill-prepared, you know, her mother and Septa Mordain, like, like, how they did not prepare, like, for anything that was coming down the road. So she's not quite in, you know, the same world that Arya's in. Arya's a little bit more realistic. She, right. know, she has, like, a feel of the land a lot better than... Sansa does mm-hmm. yeah she yeah she does because Arya never fit into that mold like she never fit mm-hmm. into the girl that's gonna be sewing dresses and doing needlework she never fit into that so she kind of branched out on her own 
and mm-hmm. and looked for her own things to comfort her and her own things that she would like, where Sansa didn't because Sansa was the obedient daughter of Eddard Stark. Like, if you take, I'm just fast forwarding here, if you take like what happened mm-hmm. with Sansa telling Cersei about Ned's plans, um, way, way ahead in A Game of Thrones, Honestly, you would think that Sansa would be the last one to do that because she is the obedient child. Like she is out of all of the Starks, she's the obedient child. And all the rest of them are the willful children. Well, at this point in the story, and you see it a lot in this chapter, like she's she's very selfish. Um she's, you know, she's narcissistic. Uh she really has only one care at this point and and it's not it's not even specifically joffrey like it's this fairy tale life that she's been dreaming of since you know she you know could have thought so and, and that's it's partly what's been fed to her as well you know she you know a very highborn lady mm-hmm. she you know was always going to be prepared to marry at least you know a high lord of some sort you know i think when you think about sansa i do think her journey like her overall arc Mm -hmm. is kind of a redemption arc because like game of thrones she starts out really unlikable but then when you get to feast right she is likable in storm you sympathize with her i and i feel like for them to be redemption journeys they have to be they have to start in like these dark bad places and i kind of feel like her story is similar to jamie's a little bit on the arc it's like growth yeah i i guess i i i agree like you know how her story um i just hate to yeah i mean i hate to say redemption because i mean she messed up she didn't throw a kid from a tower window you know like and and then (laughs) i would say i would say depending who you are it might be worse what she did to Ned. It might be worse what she did to Ned. Considering what happened. Yes, but you know, also at the same time, like, somebody was gonna... Right. They were not gonna get away. You know, like, there, there is no... The, the wheels were turning in such a way, and, you know, say what you will about Cersei, like, she is smarter than, like, an 11-year-old child. Like, you know, like there, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Cersei's a bad bitch. <laughs> sure, she yes. is. Smart. And, she is smarter than yes. Sansa, hundred percent. And it was there was some manipulation there, of course, on on Cersei's part to make Sansa feel. Sa- Sansa has been in the north where yes, she's been sh- had this this sheltered childhood where she doesn't know that the queen could be evil she doesn't know that the lannisters could be the villains of the fairy tales and it's so funny i i don't know if we want to kind of jump ahead to like when she meets the small council you know like as soon as she's with barristan selmy and renly baratheon uh she knows she goes into full like Oh, I am the daughter of a powerful lord. Like, yes, Barristan Selmy, I've heard of your your greatness. Yeah. Like, even in the North, we've heard of your greatness. And you, by your extreme youth, like, you can only be Renly Baratheon. And, you know, she, she's been educated, but she has not been educated at all. Which is so shocking with Catelyn, considering, yeah. you know... Catelyn had been, had like lived through wars. And, you know, so what? Like, Sansa's 11? Mm hmm. So, you know, she was two when the Greyjoy Rebellion happened. Like, Sansa hasn't known war. Yeah, she's and, like, 11. They gave her no political education whatsoever. I think it was like a false sense of security that yeah, they had. Yeah, maybe. 
because I feel like I feel like they didn't educate a lot of the children. Like they are. I, the one thing I've noticed during the reread is that they all have these visions of the world that are so different than yes. what the world actually is. Like John thinking the Night's Watch is like some uh-huh. heroic place when really it's a prison for rapers right. that no one would choose. And then like Bran uh, thinking that all the knights in the songs are heroes. When we learn later like that all the knights in the songs are pretty shitty people. Yeah, well, and that's that's Sansa's, you know, worldview is that they both are so in love with the stories and, you know, the fairy tale, uh, the songs and the stories. Yeah. They got a shitty education. They got a... <laughs> yeah. But, you know, one would assume, you know, obviously we don't know too much, but, you know, Rob steps into the political situation pretty seamlessly, like, despite his age. So, obviously... Like they were trying... They were training him to be Lord exactly. of Winterfell one day. Exactly. So he's been under his dad, like, in, in yeah. his dad's shadow. You know, because, like, Bran and Rob, they go yeah. with Ned to do the beheading of... Right. And John goes as well. But they... So they've yeah. been witness to it. They've mm-hmm. seen mm-hmm. how... What, you know, what goes down. But Sansa and Arya are right. doing needlework. Right. And right. lady classes. So their their training and upbringing is a little different, even though they still live in the same castle, just because one has a vagina and the others don't. (laughs) Well, and and that's and that's like, you know, a huge failure or like I feel like maybe a little bit more so with Sansa, especially after like Sansa's betrothed to (laughs) Joffrey. But but then again, like, you know, Bran fell out the window pretty yeah. soon after that but you know i mean even like ned should have done something like when you meet marjorie like marjorie obviously had that education that sansa didn't have yeah she didn't have it and you know the, well one thing i could say is like marjorie is once you're past the neck i feel like once you're past the neck the education is different like in the north i don't really think they concern themselves with politics that much. Well, I, I really yeah, know. and I mean, there's obviously like you know politics in the north, um, you know, yeah, right, those. It, but like the Game of Thrones, they're far removed from the Game of Thrones. That's why Ned's like a fish out of water when he gets to Kingsland. I am sure also a lot of it has to do with like Ned's own PTSD from like the wars he fought. You know, regardless, like, they could have taught Sansa all that stuff, and she maybe would have been the same way anyway. Like, you know. Yeah, I feel like, to me, um, you were saying earlier before we started recording, like, we all know that girl. We all know that Sansa. And to me, she's a mean girl. Like, (laughs) I think of her, like, as Gretchen Wieners or, like, you know, one of those mean girls from from the movie. But, like, if she was in today's age, like, she would be like that. But, yeah, she's definitely selfish and narcissistic. But she's completely goo-goo-ga-ga over Joffrey. (laughs) She's pumped for the wheelhouse. Not only because, like, she likes the grander things. Like, she does like the fancy things like lemon cakes and tea and riding with the queen and dresses. Like she loves that shit. But the reason she's excited is because Joffrey might be there. And I'll read this quote. Just thinking it made her feel a strange fluttering inside, even though they were not to marry for years and years. Sansa did not know Joffrey yet, but she was already in love with him. He was all she ever dreamt her prince to be, tall and handsome and strong, with hair like gold. She treasured every chance to spend time with him, few as they were. <laughs> so I, we've all been there, right? Like having those young, naive crushes. It's almost good that he turned out even more terrible because she was doomed to be dating that guy for the rest of her life. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh my god. He, he's Oh, well, it's good yes. he died. Like <laughs> Or it's good it's good that she didn't have to marry him. Yeah. But I will say like when it comes to Sansa, like everyone around her has picked up on Joffrey like not being good. And she hasn't. Like Arya and John and Bran and Rob, they have all realized that Joffrey is a shitty person. Yeah. But Sansa is like trying to live this song, this dream, the, like this idea that she has for her prince that the, she can't see through the fog. Like she can't see the red flags that are popping up over and over. So she just can't see that shit. And I don't think it's that she can't see it. I just think that she doesn't want to. Like she has this vision, this idea of what she wants for herself. And instead of breaking out of the air quotes matrix and realizing who Joffrey is, she would rather like fit Joffrey into this dream of hers. You know, she's like, oh yeah, I got a prince. I'm in love. It's great. You know, and again, it's, you know, it's, and it's not even just kind of being that, like, we all know that girl. Yes. It's like, yeah. there's something like, <laughs> I think like- there's a teeny tiny of that girl, like that stupid girl in all of us that you know like we were just like fed this shit from like you know being like when you play with barbies you know you know so like there's like the extreme that extreme version of that and it's like oh like oh I, yeah or yeah. when you watch fucking disney fairy tales <laughs> sansa is is like the normal girl that has the normal um, visions of, you know, I don't want to say normal, but she's, she's like a very hyper stereotypical, like, it's like, she's very stereotypical, like, I believe in love and da da da, but it's like, you know, hyper, you know, it's on steroids. So Sansa goes to look for Arya and she finds Arya, and Arya's, like, trying to brush Nymeria's mud out of her hair. And Sansa's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I, I, like, she, Sansa's just, like, fed up with Arya. Because Sansa, you know, she wants this sister, like, like, Jean Poole. Like, she wants a sister like that. And Arya's just the complete opposite. And I think one thing George does a lot is have characters from the histories that like other characters have common personalities with. And I think Sansa and Arya are a lot like Visenya and Rhaenys. Like the description of Visenya is so spot on to Arya and the description of Rhaenys is so Mm -hmm. spot on to Sansa. Like take the dragons away and the purple eyes and the Valyrian their personalities mm-hmm. are so similar. So I like when I envision these arguments between Sansa and Arya, like I wonder, like, did Visenya and Rainey's were they arguing on Dragonstone like this? <laughs> probably. Although although they probably, you know, weren't doing so much needlework as opposed to like learning how to ride dragons, so Well, I wonder what a Dragonstone education is like when, you know, the dragons reigned versus a Winterfell education. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, because unfortunately we see a Winterfell education, especially for the girls, you know, and it's like, ah, well, that's that all sucks. Yeah, I I would I would (laughs) rather have like a Dragonstone education like pre-conquest so yes i think i would rather have it like if i can't get a citadel Mm. education because i'm a girl then give then give me a dragonstone education so sansa just basically like um tells Arya like you have to come we'll be in the wheelhouse we'll be like with pillows and eating lemon cakes and Arya's like there's not even no windows in the wheelhouse like mm-hmm. Arya wants to see the world and and experience the world and Sansa wants to just exist in it and live in it and I'm not saying that yes. as like 
points for Arya, yes. points for Sansa. I'm, I'm just saying like how different, like that's a difference between them. Yeah, so Arya says that she doesn't even like Cersei. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Arya's picked up on the bullshit like from the door. She doesn't like any of them. And, and John picked up on C- Cersei right away as well. Yeah. You know. And I wonder like if that's part of So and we, and they talk about this in the chapter. Like Santa talks about like Arya being she like Arya was so different from them that she asked her mom, like, is she a bastard? <laughs> Which and her mom's like, no, she's not a bastard. Which, which also, to I, be fair, mm. I think that's a very normal sibling thing. I know I have an older brother, and I know I, we both have asked our parents if the other one was adopted. You know, like, that's, you know, even, like, we never <laughs> asked if they were a bastard. But, you know, we, we definitely, that's, it, it kind of, you know, a lot of, a lot of, like, the Sansa-Aria relationship is really, like, you know, just, like, sibling silliness. Yeah. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So, Maester the Wind says that bastards learn quicker. Like, that's what he says. Like, bastards learn, have to observe things, and learn quicker. And I wonder if, like, even though San- uh, Arya isn't a bastard... She still has, I won't say lived a bastard's life, but she's still, she's been treated more similarly to John than she's been treated to Santa. Because. Oh, uh, okay. Not her parents, yeah. but like the people, like the people that they hang with, like they make fun <laughs> of Arya. They call her horse Arya. <laughs> And things like that. So I wonder if those type of things, like, um, the people they hang with, <laughs> like they're going to the club. <laughs> so like, is it though, is it those kind of things where she doesn't feel like inside of her, she doesn't feel like she fits in with her family. Is that what makes her learn faster? Like, is that, is that what has pushed her, like kind of propelled her, in growth ahead of her siblings. Uh, yes, I do think that there is something from her. This is, this will all tie together later on. Uh, there's something from like, you know, Arya's isolation from the rest of her siblings, maybe with the exception of John, the, you know, she's, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think she's, she's, exploring the world in a much different way she wants to be like she wants to ride with the host she wants to meet like this the cell swords and the cooks and the washerwomen like she has a very like she's just more worldly and yeah that has to do a lot more with the fact that she's actually like yeah taking it upon herself to like go out in the world which but Sansa is much more closed-minded and, you know, where mm-hmm. her world is just like, you know, like you said, it's like the nice things. It's the wheelhouse. It's the lemon cakes. It's the prince and the princess and <laughs> la-di-da-di-da. Yeah. I mean, that's accurate. You know. So um, when Arya says, you know, I don't like the queen, Sansa's like, what? Like, she doesn't even know what to say to that. And then she starts walking um, towards the inn or towards the camp. And she sees like this crowd gathering around the wheelhouse. And it is some uh, people that the small council have sent from King's Landing to lead them the rest of the way to King's Landing. It's an honor guard. And the Sansa meets Sandor Clegane. Illin Payne, Barristan Selmy, and Renly Ooh. Baratheon. I do not like Renly. Yeah. What, what you don't like Renly? 
You gotta stop listening to Nauticast. They poisoned you. They poisoned you against Renly. My dislike of Renly. No, I'm just way kidding. I always, I always mess with yeah. them about Stannis and Renly and all that. Oh yeah. Um. So Sansa, like, she knows all of them. Like you were saying, like, she's proud to say she's Eddard Stark's daughter, and you know, it's just like, uh a meeting of people like it feels kind of like exposition a little bit like it doesn't really feel important to the chapter as a whole uh no i mean it's it's definitely like yeah it's exposition it's just kind of the like go ahead like we you know so we don't meet 50 people you know five chapters later (laughs) yeah it's you know kind of spread it out but also you kind of see it and, oh, man, I wish I had been, because I'm also, like, doing another reread, so I only, I I haven't gotten to the point in Game of Thrones again where they're in King's Landing, but, you know, you see this, like, very idealized um, image of the courts, where, you know, Cersei is there, and Barristan Selmy is in all of his grandeur, and smiling, and... Renly Baratheon is in his grandeur and smiling and making cracking jokes and you know there's you know, it it's this idealized version of what court is and it's like Sansa also like kind of once again not totally seeing everything that's going on or like she's just seeing the show that's being put on so i think like there's a little bit like and not the first time that you read it but like when you, if you you know, mm-hmm. do rereads for this. Like, it it, it feels different. Like the when you meet those small council members for the first time, you know, like when you're on reread, because it's kind of like, oh, yeah, this isn't what it appears to be. I also really like that in Sansa's chapter, she is so terrified of Sir Ilan uh. Payne. I totally feel like that's foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, Joffrey tells her, like, he's the king's justice. Like, he tells her, like, the story of his tongue getting ripped out. And, oh, he might not. He speaks damn well with his sword, though. And, like, her father is ultimately going to be killed by Sir Ellen Payne on Joffrey's command. And then she also we get Sandor Clegane, which... His relationship mm-hmm. with Sansa is really interesting, especially when we get deeper into the books, especially like I really love the Sansa chapter from the tourney with Sandor with Sandor. I love that chapter. This chapter is packed for real. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's a it's a yeah, it's media shit. So with everything that's going on, especially in the last quarter of this chapter, it's like those that meeting can be easily lost in the chapter mm-hmm. the meeting the small council but basically since they have arrived there will be no wheelhouse ride today for sansa poor sansa <laughs> but she's happy because she's about to have a magical day with Joffrey, she gets to spend the whole a day, day with Joffrey. Oh, hey, I'm sorry. Do, can I insert one thing kind of going back to like ill and pain? Um, you know, you were saying like sure. she got a bad vibe, and it's also, uh, I just wanted to read the quote about Lady getting a bad vibe from her. Um, so, yeah, so not only does Sansa have the bad vibe, okay. like, you know, we have Lady also responding, whether it's Lady responding to Sansa's emotions or Lady actually having a bad vibe from Ilan herself, you know, at, at some point George has said that all the Stark children have, to some degree, warging ability. And, and even though, oh, so sadly you know we'll never we'll mm-hmm. never know with sansa for sure but 
and this is also like heartbreaking like we we barely spend we don't any get time to... with lady yeah. and, and lady just sounds so cute but um uh so after you know like she she gotten scared and then she meets Barristan and Renly and they you know kind of make her feel at ease again the tension of a few moments ago was gone and Sansa was beginning to feel comfortable until Sir Ilan Payne shouldered two men aside and stood before her, unsmiling. He did not say a word. Lady bared her teeth and began to growl, a low rumble full of menace. But this time Sansa silenced the wolf with a gentle hand to the head. I am sorry if I offended you, Sir Ilan, she said. Um, you know, it's also kind of going back to, you know, She's, she's like got like fed these like courtesies like all of her life that even she's like not even trusting that instinct. And she's just going straight to like, you know, I am a proper, I'm the good, I am the daughter of Eddard Stark. I'm the good daughter of Eddard Stark. Yeah. And you know, the direwolves, we, t- I've talked about this in a couple of the previous episodes. They know. They yes. know when somebody isn't right. Like, they know. They've done it with Tyrion. They they did it at the Red Wedding. Grey Wind did it at the Red Wedding. Or before the Red Wedding. And uh, Summer and Shaggy did it. And Grey Wind did it when Tyrion came back to Winterfell from the Wall. So they've had these reactions to people where... If they feel like your intent, like they can, they, they pick that shit up. But also, like, there are instances where the wolf is acting off of the master's emotions. So, like, when Bran gets angry at Jojen, Summer starts growling and Bran is like, uh, or Jojen's like, that's you. That's not him. That's you. I know. Ugh. So it's, it's like, both ways, like both ways it happens. I I definitely think that Sansa was a warg. I think she has a dream of her running with Lady. And I just, I do want to say like, rest in peace, Lady. Because I really love all of the direwolves. And my mom has a Siberian Husky and out of all of the Game of Thrones names that she could have named the husky she named it lady because when lady died she stopped watching game of thrones <laughs> and then she got a wolf and named it lady <laughs> take that george yeah take that george <laughs> oh oh yeah and that's that's the next chapter you're going to do it's such a sad chapter i was i've been listening um uh on this reread it's like my first like actual listen and and even Roy Dotrice like totally like made me tear up when I listened to it last week yeah it's it's brutal and it all starts at the magical day and I know um so you do tarot right yes uh well I am I am to, to call me a novice tarot reader is being generous, but that was like my quarantine skill that I've learned. Um, so yes, I did a very quick reading for Miss Sansa uh, the other night. And basically the question that I asked the cards were, was, what will my life with Prince Joffrey look like? And so this is keeping time. This is you know, at this point in the story, um, not at the end of the chapter, I would say it's the beginning of the chapter. So our first card, our past card was, uh, the two of wands reverse. Um, and the two of wands in general is the card of foundation and foresight. It's kind of represents you are going to go on a new journey in your life. But when it comes up reverse, that means you are, you ain't prepared. You're not prepared for the journey that you've set out on. Um, yeah, just not prepared. Uh, the present card was the death card. And the death card doesn't automatically, you know, equal 
death. Um, usually it is, it's just kind of, you know, a big change is coming. Um, and, you know, and, and for Sansa, like, you know, to put it mildly, like, you know, a change is coming, like her life in the North. And, and it's the change that she's been longing for. Like the North was so drab and dull and like, like, you know, singers barely like ever showed up there. And like, all she did was like fantasize about being a princess in a castle, blah, 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 blah. But I think in this particular instance, like death means death is coming. And I, I don't know if it's quite like, you know, that two future, like two down the road, like, you know, if it's Ned or Joffrey, but I actually think that it's very much Lady's death that is pretty much intimate at this point. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, how the interpretations, oh, as, uh, on the Simpsons, like the cards are mysterious, you know, I don't actually have to answer the question, but, but her future card, and this is why I think this is lady. Um, her future card is the hermit reversed and the hermit when it's in its upright position is usually like, uh, you're going to go on, you're going to go off on your own to gain wisdom, to, you know, to better yourself. Uh, but the hermit reverse is, you know, unplanned isolation. Like you were forced into this like singular void. Like you were on your own and not for the reasons why you would want to be traveling on your own. And which I think very much like, you know, lady, you know, like, as much as we talk about the, the dire wolves, and especially, like, later on when we see very deep connections happening with the dire wolves, um, you know, for Sansa and Arya, like, we lose Nymeria at the same time, although Nymeria obviously has not died. But, you know, both of the Stark girls, I think, probably even more so than... The other Stark children, well, all the Stark children have identity issues. Um, but, you know, so much of, of Lady's death kind of like is really the beginning of the end mm -hmm. for Sansa. And, you know, and obviously Joffrey and Cersei were the ones responsible ultimately for Lady's death. Um So it's basically like, it's like the meme from Ghosts. It's like, you in danger, girl, is basically what the cards have told Sansa. So I would agree it's probably Lady, but I don't know. I don't know shit about tarot. <laughs> I always thought that Lady dying was a symbol that Sansa was going to die. Um, I always thought she was going to die, and I'm, we talked about this a little pre-record. At this point, it is very possible that George. It's first of all, it's still possible George could kill her, um, but in his original outline, he had not planned for Sansa to live. She was going to die. She was not going to survive, and I thought Lady's death was foreshadowing of that. Now, George said he submitted that outline with thirteen chapters. The first thirteen, yes, and this is fifteen, which I don't think includes the prologue. Yeah, I, I doubt it includes the prologue. So um, I definitely think like she was possibly during this time on a different course or she could be still on the same course because what happened in the show in no way I would say is going to happen in the books. Um, it, it can't like par for the court. Like it can't. Like a lot of things that happen in the show can't happen in the books because Sansa's storyline was, in my opinion, messed with the most, more than anyone's in the entire story. Like the whole Sansa, Gene Pool merger was just, it, it just really had a butterfly effect on her entire story. So I do think that, that she could die. And I thought that lady represented that. And 
Furthermore, I thought it more so represented her dying for her sister, where Lady died for her sister. Like, Lady died in the place of Nymeria. I thought it meant something like that. I still think it does. But I want, what I wanted to talk about was Cersei had a plan for these wolves before she left Winterfell. She had it in her head. She told Jamie and Tyrion at breakfast, the, these wolves aren't going to King's Landing. I'm just, I'm trying to remember, you know, like, did she say King's Landing or was she more, like, specific that it was the Red Keep? So they, I feel like the, as soon as they left Winterfell, they were marked to die. And this just happened to be an opportunity. Yeah, well, and even, like, when... Arya's like, I want to go riding, and Sansa's like, oh, I hate riding, and Joffrey's like, let's go riding. She's like, oh, I <laughs> right. love riding. Like, oh, you know, yeah, Sansa. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she's just so enraptured in Joffrey. Like, oh, yeah, she is, and he's putting uh, on the charm, like, He's uh, like they're riding like after they eat and stuff and he's singing to her like it's just like his voice is so sweet and pure and like she's I, I don't know like they're going to see oh. where Robert beat Rhaegar like they're doing all this you know fun stuff charming stuff sure. Sure. and it's romantic it's romantic and then it's not anymore because Joffrey, Joffrey and um, Sansa hear the clinging of wood, wooden swords or wooden sticks. And Joffrey like pulls out his sword and it's like, you're safe with me. Like, you know, just playing the gallant prince. And um, it turns out that it's Arya and the butcher's boy. And... I don't know. This this is particularly I hate this because it it's so awful like the outcome of this situation because and it it really cements like just how awful Joffrey is. Like you saw him when he was dueling with Rob and he was just being like funny like cracking jokes and stuff and just being like an ignorant little twat. But now you see him being, like, a straight-up asshole. Well, you know, Joffrey wouldn't properly train with Rob in the yard because he, you know, scoffed at, like, using wooden sticks. Where, you know, truth was, like, he knew he was going to get his ass kicked by Rob. Mm -hmm. Now, he comes upon, you know, this kid who obviously is not trained as a knight. They're fighting with sticks. And Joffrey can terrorize him. It's, like, the only way, like, you know a sadist, cruel, weak, coward like Joffrey can, like, get his rocks off. Yeah. It's, like, straight-up bullying. It's, like, when... (laughs) I'll say, like, when you know, like, a person um, is Mm -hmm. mild and meek and you just, like, straight-up savagely attack them because you know that they can't do anything about it or you know they won't do anything about it. It's like that. Like, you're taking advantage of a situation because you can, not because you're brave, not because you feel like Sansa's actually in danger. Like, you're just, you just see this boy, you know he has a wooden sword, you know he's a butcher's boy, because Sansa's already told you he's just the butcher's boy. And you take advantage of the situation just to torment him. And it just shows how awful Joffrey is. When they get into the fight, Joffrey goes up to the butcher's boy, cuts him, wants to fight him with a sword. And Arya gets involved. And Arya and Joffrey start fighting with sticks. And um, it says, Arya swung at the prince again, but this time Joffrey caught the blow on Lion's Tooth and sent her broken stick flying from her hands. The back of his head was all bloody and his eyes were on fire. Sansa was shrieking. No, no, stop it, stop it, both of you. You're spoiling it. But no one was listening. Arya scooped up a rock and hurled it at Joffrey's head. She hit his horse instead and the blood bay reared and went galloping off after Micah. 
Stop it. Don't stop it, Sansa screamed. Joffrey slashed at Arya with his sword, screaming obscenities, terrible words, filthy words. Arya darted back, frightened now, but Joffrey followed, hounding her toward the woods, backing her up against a tree. Sansa didn't know what to do. She watched helplessly, almost blind from her tears. So what I wanted to say about this is like this kid, Joffrey, like Sansa, she says like, I I didn't know what to do and stop it, stop it, stop it. You're spoiling everything. This kid just is trying to kill your sister. Like he's slashing at her and cussing at her with the sword, with real steel. And like if if Arya had been like less less of a swordsman or like if she had less training than what she had, then she could have been killed. So I was kind of like taken back when instead of running after your sister, you kneel down and like, my poor prince, my poor prince, what have they done to you? <laughs> like how much regard do you have for your sister? He just tried to kill your sister. Yeah, um... I don't know. I I hear what you're saying. I also think it's like, you know, kids go wild and go crazy and and you know, when kids fight, you know, you you kind of like have like your, you know, predetermined side. I don't I don't have like a good excuse for Sansa, but I also like it's just like it's what happened. I get it, but it's just like the sword, like him swinging a fucking sword. If a guy swings a sword at my sister, I could be pissed off at my sister. Well, and I guess you like, but that's also like, you know, Sansa's dumb at this point. Like, you know, I don't know <laughs> if it like registers that, you know, how dangerous the whole thing was yeah. when it happened so fast. And and was that before Nymeria bit him or after? Yeah, it's before. Yeah. You know, and, then, and, and that's kind of like, and then Nymeria comes in, like, it's, you know, you had like two deadly weapons, like kind of going at each other at some point. Yeah. So it's like, what do I do? So after that, Nymeria jumps in and kind of attacks Joffrey, which like, go mm-hmm. Nymeria. And Arya's like, Nymeria, like, get off of him. And as soon as she gives, tells him to stop, she gets off of him. And he just, like, Joffrey just mm-hmm. lays in the grass crying like a little bitch. I love Arya. <laughs> Arya's like, she didn't mm-hmm. hurt you mm-hmm. much. And throws his sword in the river. And then this is where Santa Santa hasn't realized yet that Joffrey is yep. this vile human. But, um, she goes to Joffrey and she's like, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, are you okay? My poor prince, my poor prince. Look what they did to you. Look what they did. My poor prince, don't be afraid. I'll ride to the whole fest. I'll bring help for you. And he snapped at her as he was like, then go and don't touch me. And I think part of it is that she has seen him. Yes. She's seen him. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Like, he... uh, Well, and also, like, you know, once he, like, started fighting with them, you know, like, the facade of Joffrey, like, came off. And, like, he's not even a sociopath. Like, Joffrey's a psychopath. And at some point, like, it's like, you can't keep that facade up. At all times, and especially, like, being injured, and he should have been more than injured, but then Arya would have also had died if if Joffrey had died. Like, there would have been no question about that. She saw him, and he knows, and, you know, just being, you know, saw him being weak and, like, crying, and I'll, I'll tell my mother, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, when someone like Joffrey... When they wear this mask and then it falls and you see them for who they really are. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's why he has so much contempt towards Tyrion. Yes. is because Tyrion knows who he is. And Tyrion tells... Not only does Tyrion know who he is, he tells him who he is. And now he's wanted to be this valiant prince. He's wanted to play this valiant prince. But... Mm-hmm. 
this has happened and now he's she's seen his betrothed has seen that he's actually just a little bitch who got disarmed by a little girl oh mark addy saying that in the show is just like the best like you let that little girl and in the book well i don't want to go too Uh. far i was gonna say i was gonna say renly like renly laughing and yeah don't hall about uh but that's in next week. And that's basically Sansa 1. Did you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, I think the only thing I would add is, so right before the magical day, uh, Sansa leaves Lady behind and, oh, I thought I had the quote, but I don't. But it basically, like, she left Lady behind and the Hound was there. And it's just like, I kind of want, like, a Duncan Egg-esque novella series about Lady and the Hound, like their, you know, their <laughs> afternoon together. Cause Oh yeah. <laughs> that's the fanfic I'm gonna write. Lady and the Hound. Yeah, he he makes he Joffrey makes Sansa leave Lady and he leaves the Hound. So yeah, that's Sansa one. And basically Sansa um her introduction, just like to wrap this up in a nutshell for me, her introduction lets you see the song singer, poetry, story believer that Sansa is. Like Sansa is a dreamer and she's, she doesn't have the best education. She's lived a sheltered life and she's going into a really dangerous situation. Like I find it so funny, not funny, but ironic that once they cross the neck once they cross the neck and they're out of the north they start to die that is true ladies ladies i also think this is you know and it and it it continues through this book and you know earlier you were talking about like sansa's you know uh redemption slash growth arc you know, she also has a lot of, I like, all the Stark children. Like, she has, like, you know, identity arc. And she, you know, she wants to get out of the North. It's boring. It's, you know, isolated. Like, the capital, King's Landing, is so much more exciting and glamorous and romantic. And, you know, mm-hmm. she's, she's kind of, and she's turning her back on that aspect of herself like that yeah. northern girl where once where we're at in the books you know you see her like actually kind of like you know being very drawn back towards that and she is becoming more stark like and and i feel like this is obviously laying the groundwork for all that stuff yeah mm-hmm. a thing they do on the show that i really like the way she dresses when she gets in the south the way she does her hair when she gets in the south yes it's like she abandons the north, the northern parts of her. And I think it's it's kind of forced on her when she loses Lady. She loses that kind of willful side of her. And it, it kind of switches to like a devotion to Joffrey. And I do feel like all of the Stark children do have these identity crises. The the one though, I feel like doesn't is Arya. I feel like Arya knows like exactly who she is. And her story arc to me is so funny because it's like, she's trying to forget who she is. Like all these people are trying to find themselves and Arya's like, okay, I'm not Arya. That was Arya. That's like her. She's trying to become no one, but she knows who she is, and all. And and she never adapts to King's Landing. She ne- she doesn't adapt at all. And and it's kind of you know. And even though like Sansa does, but she had to eventually like escape because there was no way, especially like let's say Joffrey had lived to coming of age and. He would have shipped Cersei off, like, you know, she was being terrorized by Joffrey, and, like, she was doomed. Yeah. Like, whether or not she actually would have died within King's Landing, or, you know, might as well be dead in King's Landing. Like, you know, that wasn't... No Stark does well in King's Landing. Like, you go in, you go out, you know, get all Cregan Stark on it. Yeah. 
in the South, period. Yeah, but he because he's like, I'm here. Nope, gotta go. Which is Craig like, and Stark no. was the only yeah, one. Well, but that show, and I, he's the anomaly. Should not confuse the two. But John's gonna be the same way. John's gonna go yeah. there and be like, no thanks, bye. Right? Yeah, he totally do- isn't gonna want the throne. He was not gonna play the Game of Thrones or none of that shit, unless he's like completely changed when he comes back, which a lot of people think that he's gonna be. I think he'll be. I think he'll be changed, but I don't think he'll be that that kind of change. I think he's going to be ch- more wild like mm-hmm. Rickon. He's definitely going to be more wolf-like, for sure. More more wildlingish. Yes. Wolfy wildling. Yes. <laughs> Which he already is kind of like that anyway. <laughs> but yes, that is Sansa 1. Thank you so much for coming on the Obsidian Knights podcast and yeah. talking about Sansa 1. I will definitely keep you in mind for a Stannis a devil's chapter. <laughs> I, I I love a good shadow, baby. That's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. Well, as always, thanks for listening, and I will see you next week. Bye. All right.